welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla. We're back again this week reading the third book of mine in our four-week unit of single books. We've been covering sad, more realistic books for a couple of weeks and covering an entire book each week. And this week, the book is Elsewhere by Gabriel Zevin. And I read this in middle school, and so I'm very glad we got to reread it for the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, I always wonder if we should change this. Like, we do the same sort of intro text... And, like, I think it's cute. No, I like the consistency. It's like a little bit, right? It's like fun. Okay, because as the writer of the show, I get self-conscious. I'm like, am I supposed to be like, should I, like, spice it up? But it's like kind of our thing, you know? No, the intro should be consistent. Okay, great. Well, sticking with that consistency then, if you are new to our podcast, we're a podcast with the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends, and we read and reread YA books from our adolescents and share them with each other. So as Asia mentioned, we're on her awful emo journey with all these books about death. And so I'm reading this for the first time and she's rereading. Yes, and this one actually isn't that dark. It's actually pretty sweet. But from what I had remembered, elsewhere is like a purgatory where people who died age backwards until they become babies again and then they are reborn onto Earth. So basically like reincarnation. I mean, that's pretty perfect your recollection it's not really purgatory it's much more like heaven but yeah it's it's actually more like yeah true heaven as opposed to like being an in-between place which but i did remember basically yeah you've got the concept down so do you want to introduce the book and the author a little more for us Yes, but before I get into the intro, I wanted to point out that this is our 99th episode on Throwback Paperback, and to celebrate our 100 episodes coming next week, we are doing a giveaway on Instagram at The Nerd Party, so you can head over to Instagram to get all the details on how to enter, and the last day to enter the giveaway will be next Monday when our 100th episode premieres, so make sure to check it out at The Nerd Party on Instagram. But now, diving into our little bit of an intro, Gabriel Zevin is an American author and screenwriter, and her 10th novel was just published very recently in July of 2022, and is currently in development as a motion picture by Paramount and Temple Hill, and she graduated from Harvard University, and Elsewhere was her first young adult novel. It was published in 2005. And according to her website, Elsewhere was named to Time Magazine's 2021 list of the 100 best young adult novels of all time. And in the U.S., the book was nominated for a 2006 Quill Award, won the Borders Original Voices Award, and was a selection of the Barnes & Noble Book Club. And it received a really great review from the New York Times in 2005. That's pretty much all I could find on this book and the author and the author. Most of it I got from her website. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this. She's written, like I said, she's on her 10th book. She's written about half of those are young adult novels. Half are just adult novels. But I really enjoyed this book. This is something that I kind of just this is one of those books like I pulled like I was at the library. I saw the book, thought it looked interesting 
but I remember really enjoying it, and I didn't really remember details about the plot, just, like I said, the premise, the kind of idea of they go to elsewhere, and then they age backward. That's all I remembered, but I just really wanted to cover this on the show, because, and it kind of fit the theme that we were going through with these four weeks. Okay, I'm going to summarize it for us. Liz is a 15-year-old who gets hit by a cab, and she goes to elsewhere, which is a sort of heaven-like post death state and there you age backwards until you become a baby and then you're sent back to earth to be born again and live a new life so while there liz has a pretty hard time coming to terms with dying understandably so and she meets people on their journey back to being coming babies as well eventually she does end up going back to earth as a baby and honestly it was just a really sweet story so my impression was that i think that this is pretty creative I would never think of something like this. I mean, I guess it's kind of Hindu a little bit, this sort of, like, reincarnation, but it's not, like, caste system reincarnation, like Hinduism. It's just, like, I don't know. I th- I thought it was very creative, the sort of aging back to babies. I think, I think it's creative, and I thought that it was very tender and wholesome, and I really liked the ending, like... I thought it was a very lovely way to finish a book. Yeah. So I had, yeah, specifically remember that. Like I remembered how it ends and everything, but I did not remember like the specific plot, like what happens to Liz and like the characters more specifically. <laughs> like I didn't even remember that this book had romance. Honestly, I had no idea, but I really, really enjoyed it. And it almost kind of felt like I was reading it for the first time because I really just didn't remember the plot at all. I just knew. Like I said, I knew how it was going to end. I knew the premise of them aging backwards before they got to elsewhere and everything. But this has definitely been my favorite book of this little sad unit that we've read so far because, yes, even though it was about death, it was still, like, a very sweet story. And especially coming off of The Lovely Bones last week, this was a nice change. Well, because it's almost not even about death. It's almost about life. It's almost about living when you have the chance to. Yeah, but it takes place within the context of death, but, like, in this afterworld, elsewhere, they're alive, and they're living. Also, I'm just going to say, like, I'm sure we're going to say life a bunch of times throughout this episode, and I apologize. Obviously, they're all dead, but, like, because they're basically living lives. Anyway. It's basically, like, almost like a mirror image of Earth, I feel like. Yes. Well, at least in the sense of, like, instead of aging up until you die, you age backwards. So it is, it's still a sort of life. Totally. Life after death. So, diving in, Liz is a 15-year-old, like I said, and she dies in a car crash, and she does not realize she's dead. Like, everyone else around her in Elsewhere has figured it out, but it takes her a really long time. Yeah, and I do have to say, dying at 15 just seems extremely sucky because you're kind of right on the verge of getting some independence. Like, she talks about how she was, you know, she's about to turn 16, she was going to get her driver's license, and you're kind of really, at that moment, beginning to figure out who you are. Like, you're not quite there yet, so it just feels like it's just an awful age to, like, kind of have to stop at. Well, even, like, the fact that she how she died like she's biking to the mall to meet her friend like that's not a kid thing that's a more independent teenager thing like going somewhere by herself you know taking her someone obviously she wasn't driving there but like she's taking herself somewhere by herself and then life's over like that's it is really like kind of a tragic time to 
guy. Yes, and yeah, she basically, she's going to meet her friend Zoe, and she, like, says that she didn't really look both ways when she was crossing the street, and she gets hit by a taxi cab and dies. But speaking of her friend, I honestly can't imagine the guilt of being her friend, like, the one who, you know, told her to meet up, like, kind of being part of the reason why Liz was even there, like, why she was on her bike at that precise moment to get hit by the taxi. Like, I would just feel so guilty, like, even though it obviously isn't her fault, but, like, you would feel partially responsible. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that, I thought that as well. Like, Liz eventually sees that Zoe didn't go to her funeral, and she gets upset, and I'm like, obviously it's sad that Zoe wasn't there, but Zoe's probably crushed. Like, Zoe probably feels like it's her fault and so that's totally understandable and but then by seeing she kind of sees like a live replay of her funeral Liz does come to terms with the fact that she is in fact dead I mean yeah it's right there in front of her face and she sees all this because basically they're on this big like cruise ship which is called the SS Nile and they're basically on this ship heading towards elsewhere which they call like this basically giant island which is heaven basically in this story and when she reaches elsewhere she learns that people age backwards until they become babies and then they are returned back to earth via the like same river i guess and until then she is told that she should find a job but something that she loves to do not something that she like has to do to like make money which is why they actually call it an avocation instead of a job And she's interested in working in the Division of Domestic Animals, which is basically like elsewhere shelter where they help place dogs with new people. Like after the dogs have died, they need to go with a new family. And to have this job, she's told that she has to speak canine. And she's like worried that she's not going to be able to pick it up that easily. But a little bit later, she's sitting on a bench and a dog comes up to her and is like talking to her. And I was like, well, clearly she must speak canine because she's talking to a dog right now. And like, she's not registering it in her brain that like, this must be what canine canine is because the dog is speaking to her and she talks back. So she obviously inherently already knows how to do this. Yeah, she can clearly do it because... Well, beforehand, like, you almost aren't even sure, like, because there's a couple moments where she's talking dogs, and, like, one of the chapters comes from her dog's perspective in, on Earth, and you're like, are we as the reader realizing what they're saying, or is she having a full-on conversation, and just guessing what the dog is saying, and then they're like, no, 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 you're literally talking to the dog, and so, yeah, she can definitely speak it already. And I know when I was reading, to me that seems like one of the best things about Elsewhere is being able to talk to dogs and, like, other animals. Like, that is the first thing that I would want to do when I got to Elsewhere is learn how to talk to, like, animals. I know. I wonder what my cat would be saying about me, like, all of the time. Like, she's probably something like, you let me sleep on the bed, but then why don't you like it when I bite you or something like that? Like, Also probably just constantly asking for more food. Yeah, probably. So, Asia, why are you reading all these... Uh, around this time, it's like, you know, they're dead. She's meeting all these dead people. Why are you reading all these dark things? I mean, this one isn't dark, but this one's about death. Like, I never had any interest in reading books about death when I was a teenager. I still don't have interest in reading books about death. <laughs> 
Well, okay. So, like I said, this was definitely one of the books, like, you're at the library, you're looking through the young adult section, and, or, like, I think I might have got this, like, at my school library in middle school, and, like, the cover looked interesting, or the title looked interesting, and this was definitely, I'm thinking, like, right after I read the Skinjacker trilogy that we covered previously on the show by Neil Schusterman, and that was obviously about, like, what happens when you die, so I think I was kind of in that phase of, like, being curious about it. And so I, like, saw this book and I was like, oh, this might be interesting. Because, like, I just read a book, like, that had a story about, like, children dying or something. So I think that was basically why. As far as, like, I mean, like, yeah, like, Looking for Alaska, that one was, again, I told you I read that because people were whispering about the the sex scene in it. <laughs> like, and it's John Green, so that's a little bit different. And then The Lovely Bones I read a lot later. Yeah. And Full Tilt was Neil Schusterman. So, yeah, I think it was just kind of, like, honestly, it was the Skinjacker trilogy, I think, like, got me interested. Like, not interested, but just, like, I was like, oh, that could be interesting, like, I feel like it was more so, like, I picked up the book, I, the cover looked interesting, on the black, like, the back of the book, like, the little blurb, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. really go into detail, I don't think, of what happens, but, so yeah, I just, that was just something I was reading at the time. Okay, I guess. I, I'm just trying to think, like, books I read around that time. Well, just, like, how you're, you are into magic, I was into, like, what happens after you die? Like, I think that's an interesting question, especially to explore in, like, fiction where, like, anything's possible. Like, this is completely different from, like, what Neil Schusterman came up with in The Skin Jagger. Like, I just think that's an interesting concept, just like you, like, a creation of a whole new world in, like, a fantasy sense. I feel like that is where, like, again, for me, I like this because it's still rooted in the real world. The, like you said, low fantasy versus high fantasy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I know it's, it's just fascinating to me because, you know, this it's not something that interests me literally at all. Um, but, I, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I enjoyed this book. So Liz, she's in Elsewhere. She's super whiny. She's throwing tantrums. I was like, girl, you need to get slapped. I mean, not physically because you shouldn't actually beat people ever. But I'm like, emotionally, you need to get slapped. Like, stop whining. Your grandma's being so nice to you. And she spends all day watching Earth, which is clearly making her unhappy because she can't move on. Eventually, though, she does realize that she's just kind of stuck being unhappy. So she gets the avocation and she really starts like living in elsewhere. Like she starts adapting to it and it's going really well. She's really enjoying it. Well, I just can I just add how you're saying how Liz is very upset and like depressed about being dead, like. To me, that's really realistic, especially for her as someone who died so young. Like, I feel like that's a very healthy, or I don't know if healthy is the right word, but it's just like, it seems like a very understandable position to take, at least at the beginning. And I think that they said that a lot of people go through it. Like, a lot of people go through this period where they just want to, like, watch what's happening on Earth. That's It's totally understandable, but it didn't mean that she wasn't annoying. I still thought she was annoying. I guess I I thought it was understandable also because I was like, I don't think anybody, no one else really understood. I guess. Well, again. Because even her friend, Thandy, who we haven't mentioned, who is her, like, bunkmate when she first, like, wakes up on the ship. Thandy's, like, a year older than Liz. Mm-hmm. And she was shot in the head. And she was 
so she's also young died she definitely comes to terms with it a lot faster and i think even just having that year up on her like fanny probably learned how to drive she had a boyfriend like there's so many things that she got to have that liz didn't so i think it makes sense why like she was even more upset of like she really died like right at a point of like passing a threshold in her life yeah yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, again, I totally understand where Liz is coming from. But again, I can both understand and think she was annoying. But she gets over it really quickly because she eventually does, like, realize that, like, she's going to be here. So she might as well make the best of it. And they had this currency in Eternum. But it's, like, kind of pointless because they seem to be able to get it really easily. It's not, like, tied to your avocation. Or maybe it is, but it's not mentioned. Like, she goes through a bunch of it to, like, watch Earth, but then she just stops, and it doesn't matter. But but it gives us a great line that I thought was gloriously anti-capitalist of Liz. And I pulled the quote. She says, When you aren't preparing for old age, senility, sickness, death, or children, there is relatively little, little to spend on. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense. I mean, that's why they get to kind of choose a job for, like, what they like to do as opposed to, like, how much money you're going to make. And the fact that they can't get, like, sick or die because they're already dead, like, you're kind of just, like... Like, you, all you're doing, all you would be spending money on is things you want to do, which is essentially what they do. Like, buying... Buy a car, buy a house. there, or, like... And you don't have to pay for, like, medical bills or insurance, like... It's, yeah, I mean, that's why to me, like, it did sound like it was heaven. The, really, the main downfall is, is you are aging backwards. You're, you're, not, you're not there, there forever. forever. It's temporary. You're... And. Yeah. Yeah. And you obviously don't get to, like, choose. Yeah. I, I, just, I really liked that line. I thought it was very astute. Like, you know, just. So we're going to get to the part that Asia's going to like. One day Liz goes to the well, which is kind of like a way that they can speak to people on Earth. Because she's trying to tell her little brother that she left a sweater for their dad. But she kind of bungles it, and it causes a fight between her dad and her brother. And that's why they're not allowed to speak to the living. Because it actually ended her speaking to them causes trouble on Earth. And she gets caught by a guy called Owen, whose job is to protect the well. Yes, so let me introduce Owen. So Owen died at age 26. He was a firefighter and he was married. He was, I mean, not even like high school sweethearts, like childhood sweethearts. Like they knew each other since kids. They were next door neighbors. They used to like knock on the walls. Like they shared a wall with their bedrooms or something. So he knew this girl. Her name was is Emily and he loved her. But when he died, obviously he left her behind And when he first got to Elsewhere, he spent a long time trying to contact her through the well, and he actually felt like he was kind of driving her insane, which I could imagine if my husband died and I was constantly being contacted by, like, his ghost, that would totally freak me out and, like, not allow me to move on with my life, which is obviously heartbreaking. But (laughs) once we get this little scene or whatever I'm like okay because like I said I didn't really remember I was like this man is about to fall in love with Liz also just for age wise he's now like 18 or 17 at this point I think because he's been in elsewhere for a number of years so he's about the same age as Liz also so it's like set up to be totally age appropriate but 
he, like, I yes, I was hoping that he was going to fall in love with Liz because, as our regular listeners know, I love romance. Like, my favorite series we've covered is Twilight. And it's definitely, at this point, being set up that that is going to happen. Totally. Totally. And, you know, he goes, he does this most amazing romantic gesture. He goes into the well and he tells Liz's brother that how to get the sweater. Like, he basically fixes the mistake. And, like, what a romantic gesture to give her. Like... Yeah, this was definitely when I was like, okay, he's clearly, like, intrigued by her because the fact that he went out of his way to do something that doesn't affect him at all. Broke the rules. To, like, help her. Like, yeah, it was... It melted my heart. It was so sweet. And then he comes to Thanksgiving, and they start going on dates, and he teaches her to do the last two things of driving. She has to parallel park and three-point turn, which three-point turns are just turns that you have to do in portions, but whatever. I understand parallel parking is extra challenging, but... So, and then they're totally in love, which was super cute, and also, like, the way they don't realize it for a while, and then they do, and I really enjoyed it. Well, they're kind of, like, in denial because, like, they enjoy spending time together, but, like, they don't want to call it dates or... And also Liz, like, at first she can't parallel park. Like, they spend weeks on it and she's not getting any better. And I think Fandy, her friend, is like, do you think that you're not... You're not able to do it because you don't want to stop having the lessons because then he might not want to see you anymore. And so then, like, she's able to do it. But, of course, they continue hanging out. But... He's like, I want to be really, 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 really sure. Just to keep, just keep practicing forever. But then it all gets ruined because Emily, Owen's wife, dies. She dies of the flu and she comes to elsewhere. And obviously Owen is dedicated to his wife. Like he's been wearing his wedding band this whole time. And he picks her up and he brings her to live with him in his apartment. And now we're in the middle of this terrible love triangle, even though... At this point, Emily, I think they said, is, like, 36 years old. So, Owen's 17. She's 36. And from the get-go, when she gets there, like, she's happy to see him, of course. But she doesn't really seem as interested in him, like, romantically as you would expect. Obviously, because she's moved on with her life. Owen's moved on with his life after death. And they just don't have as much in common anymore. And he's, like, half her age now. So I'm sure that's also, like, uncomfortable. Like, not in the sense of she doesn't find him attractive. But it's just, like, they're in two different points of their life. Like, she went on with her life to get to her 30s at least. Like, so her life progressed and his didn't. So they're just in different places. And to, like, show that it's clear that, like, Emily doesn't feel the same way way about Owen as she did when, like, they were both still alive is that Owen actually kisses Liz and Emily sees and she's not even upset about it. Like, they clearly, like, Owen and Liz need to be together. That's That was my conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's, I mean, it's quite obvious. And it's like, again, like you said, it's not that she's not interested in Owen. It's not that she didn't love him when they were alive. But, like, again, they're in different stages of life after death. Like, he kind of... Because he they, he stopped knowing her when she was 26. And, like, yeah, he watched her for a while, but, like, it's not the same. And so she's, yeah, she's moved on. She's had other experiences. And he's had increasingly fewer experiences that are related to her. 
and new experiences that are here. And again, like you said, there's a pretty big age differential now, so they're not compatible. And also, like, Emily is allergic to dogs, and he got one because of his bond with Liz. And I really liked that Emily leaves Owen. Like, she... And it's not a spiteful way. She's not like, oh my god, you just don't like me. You didn't, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, again, she's... It's very much like... She's a she's mature, a mature adult, adult. And she's so. like, this is better for you and for me. And... um, Also, very cinematically, the day that she leaves is the day his tattoo of her name vanishes. So he has a tattoo of the name Emily on his wrist or whatever. And... It's, it vanishes because he ages back to the day before he got it. And, of course, the day she walks out of his apartment, the tattoo vanishes. And I was like, that's a cinema moment. Mm-hmm. It's completely predictable and cheesy, but it's very cute, and I'm very happy with it. But we have a bit of drama because as it is all happening, Liz has no idea. Emily's just been living with Owen, and she is now kind of back to her depressed state because what kind of really helped her kind of get out of her funk and, like, feel joy. And elsewhere was, like, getting to be with Owen, like, finding somebody that you like to spend time with and kind of, like, getting that first time of falling in love, which she hadn't gotten when she was alive. So Liz (laughs) kind of throws, not a tantrum, but she's just being really dramatic, and she decides to take up, uh, she decides to do the sneaker clause, which is basically where... If you are die as a child, so I don't know if they, like, specify the age specifically, but if you die as, like, I guess a child or a teenager, like, you died very young, there's, like, this clause in Elsewhere that you can get sent back to Earth within the first year of you being in Elsewhere so that you don't have to, like, since she's 15, she doesn't have to spend 15 years in Elsewhere before getting sent back as a baby. She can just get sent back within that first year. So she decides to do this because she's so upset and, like, it is, I mean, she's... Fifteen, or I guess almost 14 at this point and it makes sense like she's being dramatic but she feels like Owen doesn't want her anymore and apparently he's the only person that matters like her grandma Betty doesn't matter her friend Danny doesn't matter all that matters is Owen so if he doesn't want her she doesn't want to be there anymore so she decides to do this without telling anyone about it the only person she tells is Curtis, which we haven't mentioned him, but he also died on the same day that she did, and he's a famous musician from, like, her time. Like, he was really popular with teenagers, and he died of a drug overdose, and she goes to talk to him to, like, confide in him that she's planning on doing this because she knows that he won't, like, intervene. Like, he'll just listen, and he even says, he's like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, this doesn't really seem like a good idea, And she's, like, I'm sure, whatever, and she, like, storms off. And he basically says that, like, you know, she's a coward, which she is, because the fact is things are just starting to get a little bit hard, and she's running away. But at this point, I was hoping that, you know, she'll realize this and not fully go through with it. And based on where we were in the book, there were still, like, at least 50 pages left, so I'm assuming she didn't. Also, because I did kind of, I knew how it ended, so I knew it wasn't going to happen. But I don't know if you... Saw that coming, Charles. I mean, I definitely didn't think that she was going to... I didn't know how it was going to be averted, but I didn't think she was actually going to go back to Earth then and there. And it's not even that... It, the, I think the cowardly part of it is that she doesn't tell anyone. 
is that she doesn't tell oh, for Tandy sure. or Owen too, or Betty. Because it would be one thing if, I mean, if again, she was for sure in her decision and... Well, even, like, I mean, I wouldn't agree with her decision if she decided, but, like, she was a teenager. She was, and she was heartbroken, and she couldn't visualize the ramifications of it. So I wouldn't have held it against her if she had said, I'm heartbroken over Owen, blah, blah, blah. He really made me feel comfortable here. I don't feel comfortable anymore. And she told everyone, and then they could then, you know, but it's the fact that she doesn't tell them, because she knows deep down that, like, it's They're not gonna really talk her out decision. of it because she knows that she doesn't actually want to do that. Yeah, she's so running then, away. Exactly. So they all figure it out. They're rushing after her, but this is the moment that I really liked in the book. I love the way that Emily is the one to kind of let Owen go. I really like that Liz changes her mind before she knows that they're going to come save her. Like she does it herself. It's not the and it, she doesn't do it for Owen per se. She does it for herself. Like. I think it really speaks to her character growth that she's like, you know, I do have an opportunity here. And I just, for me, I really like that, that about her, that she's the one who initiates that trying to break free. And then obviously Owen ends up saving her, but like that was only possible because she tried to save herself. She made the decision herself. And I think it also goes to your point, how you said at the beginning of the episode, I think, that this book is more about like choosing to live while you can and if she does the sneaker clause and goes back right away like her only life that she got really was her 15 years on earth and that's it whereas she has 15 years where she can kind of you know live have that life after death in elsewhere like those years can count too if you want them to so I feel like her making that choice like she comes to that conclusion that she's like because the idea is when you return to earth like she's not going to be Liz anymore. Like she'll come back and become a new person. So that will be the end of Liz. And she, you know, realizes like, I'm not ready for that. Like, why am I cutting essentially my life short? Like you don't have to do that. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I just really enjoy, I mean that, yeah, that's the whole, literally the whole theme of the book. So then there's just a few more things left, which, so Zoe, Liz's best friend, from when she was alive. She invites Liz to her wedding, which this is like some random thing that gets thrown in that she puts the wedding invitation and like a letter in a bottle and like puts it into the ocean and then that's how it can wash up to elsewhere. So that's how she gets it. So, and at this point, Liz, I think is like nine years old. She's nine years old, so like years have passed, obviously, and Owen's 11. And they decide that they're going to go to Zoe's wedding through the well to try to make contact. And they, like, go in and they, like, try to, like, scream (laughs) to give, like, a toast or something. But no one can hear them. But Liz's brother, actually, who's at the wedding, hears them from the water. They're, like, they're speaking through this fountain outside. So he comes over to talk to them. And... It's kind of, I honestly found this, like, a little freaky that they're only able to have a whole conversation with her brother, like, alone through the fountain, like, because he's like, let me grab mom and dad, and they're like, we don't have enough time because Owen's, like, co-workers for, like, whatever, like, the crime department is for, like, no contact are coming to get them soon, and they're just going to, like, scoop them up through a net, and so, like, they're going to leave, and so they, Liz is like, don't go get them, like, I just want to talk to you for a couple minutes, 
And I don't know, to me, it was just like weird in the sense of because at this point, the only person who's ever had contact with them is her brother. So like for me, like I would I feel like I would think that I imagined it if it was always that like when they spoke to me, I was the only person who ever heard it. Like no one else was there. No one else experienced it with me. No one's there to corroborate my story. Like it would just be like I feel like it would make me a little crazy. I mean, I think that's valid. I, I, I totally understand that. I think because it happens to him as a kid and then he's only a little bit older, I think that, like, maybe it would make you crazy, but maybe you would kind of, like, get over it because you would just be like, oh, that was just the childish thing that I remembered. Like, it wasn't, act- like, it would be like a childhood memory. That's what I'm saying. Like, you wouldn't think it was real. Like, I would think it wasn't real. Probably. I think... That that's what I'm saying oh, to me. Like, oh, gotcha. That's, I thought it would like which, drive him. Insane. Which I guess is a good thing if you're a kid, so you can like kind of blow it off as, oh, that was something I imagined. But I'm like, that's kind of sad that like you couldn't recognize for what it was. But I guess if you were an adult, it could drive you. Yeah, insane. I feel like to an adult, so I guess it would that's be a, the better yeah. option. But well, I was more worried but, that they were going to make a toast during the wedding because that would have been crazy. Like that oh, would have yeah. wrecked havoc. And, and they're kids at this point, so they're not thinking about that. I'm like. Oh my god, you guys can't actually make a toast during the wedding. Can you imagine the drama? But luckily it doesn't happen. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so that was why also because Liz's brother says, because she's like, how were you even able to hear us? Because like they're like all the way outside. And he's like, well, ever since, you know, you talked to me from the house in the sink for the past, you know, like six seven years however long it's been he says he's always listening to the water which like also to me like that's like that's not really good (laughs) listening to the water for voices like i don't know so that's why i mean that's why they say that they don't want you to contact people because it 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 alters their life experience yes exactly so the last thing be for liz become becomes a baby and is sent back to earth is I think when she's, like, seven, maybe? It's, she's having her, like... Yeah, that sounds right. I think she's seven. She's having her retirement party at the Department of Domestic Animals where she works. Because, you know, obviously she's getting where she's too young to work. That's so weird. (laughs) Too young to work instead of too old. Um, The man that hit Liz with the taxi, which when she first went to elsewhere, she figured out who it was. She found his name because she knew what the taxi cab looked like. And she watched him for a little bit. And he was like he had a family and like he clearly seemed like a good person. Like he just because she was like, why didn't he stop? Like it was a hit and run. And. Liz had kind of said, like, she didn't want to, like, ruin that man's life. Like, she's dead. It's not going to make her become alive again. And he ends up dying of cancer, I think, is what they say. So she actually gets to meet him and elsewhere. And he goes to see her and he, like, like basically wants to apologize because he's like, I'm the person who hit you and, like, I didn't stop. And she, like, asks, she's like, I've already forgiven you. Like, and she just, like, wants to know, like, why didn't he stop? And he said that, like his son was sick or something or he needed like if he would have went to jail like his family would have been destroyed and so obviously in that moment he was thinking selfishly but I just thought that was a sweet moment that like she was able to have that like final conclusion with it where like she was able to tell him that that she forgave him I just thought that was nice yeah I agree I think I was sweet so then she becomes a baby they send her back to earth and she'll start over in a new life and that's 
honestly the whole book. And I thought it was the perfect way to finish a book. Like, you know the story is over. You're a tad wistful. Like, you're like, oh, what if there was another book in this world? But you're like, you don't need it because you're happy. Like, this is a complete story. And if, yeah, like, it felt like the book was a complete thought is what I wrote down when I finished it. And if you're a long-time listener of the show, you don't know that I, I judge that quite harshly. I want a book to really feel, like, satisfied when you finish it, that you don't need to keep going. And so I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought the ending, like, with her people around and she's just going back and she's ready for the next thing. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. This, like I said, this has definitely been my favorite book so far because of the romance. But I also just, this was definitely to me so far the one that's the least, like, it's not as, like, traumatic and, like, heartbreaking. Like, it was still, like, I still felt, like, emotional <laughs> reading it. Especially, like, when she does become a baby again. Because it's still kind of almost like a... It's not death, but... But it is. I mean, she's losing a, everyone. Exactly. So, it's just... It's a lot of loss. So... But it was still sweet. So... And I think, like, I really appreciate, like, that idea of, like, kind of... Being grateful for the time you have, whether it's while you're alive or if there is life after death, like always being appreciative and like grateful for the time you have with the people you love. Exactly. What a perfect way to end. I think that's it for Elsewhere. So last book, let's go. Yes. So next week we are reading our final single book of the unit, which will be Full Tilt by Neil Schusterman. So if you are going to read along, go ahead and read the whole book for next week. And then the following week, we'll be starting our next series, which is going to be Savvy by Ingrid Law. It's a trilogy, and we'll be reading the first half of the first book then. So you can go ahead and get that book from the library if you want to read along with us. And remember, you still have, from the day this is releasing, you have one more week to enter our giveaway. So head over to the Nerd Party Instagram account. All the info will be in the post there. And you definitely want to, you know, enter to celebrate 100 episodes of Throwback Paperback. And again, that will finish, the submission period will finish on the day next week when we release the Full Tilt episode. Okay, anyway. And if you want to get in touch with us for all the other reasons, you know, not just the giveaway, you know how. You can do that. By going to nerdparty.com slash contact, you select Throwback Paperback. That'll send us an email. You can also get in touch with the network at large on Twitter at JoinNerdParty or Instagram dot, at the Nerd Party or Facebook.com slash the Nerd Party. And to find me, I'm at Seashells on Instagram. And I'm at Asia.Bonia on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss us next week. Yes, hit that subscribe button. Have a good one. We will see you next week for 100 episodes. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.